The Pacific Northwest Transplant Bank, based at OHSU, is part of a national network that collaborates with hospitals to bring organ and tissue donations to the recipients who need them. Executive Director Mike Seeley shared with us some of the meaningful stories that have kept him going over 28 years with OHSU and how you can register as a donor yourself. It's Tuesday, September 17th, and this is OHSU Week. I'm Patrick Holmes. And I'm Lisa Carter. Lisa, what do we want to highlight for our listeners today? Well, early last week, OHSU employees who are members of AFSCME Local 328 voted to ratify a new three-year contract between the union and OHSU. And I understand the vote was 98.9% in favor, so overwhelmingly approved. Yes. That's great news. What else happened last week? Well, there was some interesting news on the wayfinding front. Uh, I don't know if you know, Patrick, but with all of the buildings on Markham Hill, there are actually only a couple of official street addresses. Considering I was chair of the wayfinding committee until recently, I did know that. (laughs) And it makes it pretty difficult for someone who's not familiar with the campus to get to a specific building. We are also rely on our GPS nowadays. Yes, exactly. So to remedy that, every building on Markham Hill is going to get its own unique address. And we will even have some new street names along with this change, like Pavilion Loop. And the addresses won't be official until December 10th, mm-hmm. but you'll start to see new signage before then. And there's more information about this change on OHSU Now. Anything else? Well, I'm sure you're aware that Spark Salad Day is typically held the first Wednesday of every month. I'm reminded of that fact every time I see the line of Mac Hall Cafe going out the door. (laughs) Well, that line is about to get shorter, hopefully. Beginning in October, so next month, Spark Salad Day is changing to Spark Salad Week. So this means that you'll be able to get a free salad on the day of your choice during the first full week of the month. That should allow a lot more people to take advantage of that benefit. Exactly. I'm very excited about this change. So let's move on to our main interview. Margaret McDonald spoke with Mike Seeley of the Pacific Northwest Transplant Bank about how organ donors make a difference and how you can too. I'm here with Mike Seeley, the outgoing executive director at the Pacific Northwest Transplant Bank. Mike, you told me you've been in healthcare for 42 years donation and transplant for 34 years, and 28 of those were at OHSU with the Transplant Bank. Tell me about the work you've done here. My focus over at least the 28 years here at at the OHSU has been the the work of the Transplant Bank. We're one of 58 agencies that cover the state of Oregon, southern Washington, and western Idaho, and our partners in the country. We all network together. All the organizations have territories they work in. And uh, we work with all of our hospital partners in our region when there is the opportunity for a donation to happen. And we orchestrate that and coordinate that. And um, it's been um, an interesting journey over the years as the field has changed. I've been in it, as I mentioned, for a long time. So I was in in the beginning before there was really a national network. And now we have a very fine, organized, complex system to make sure that organs that are generously donated can find a home and a a recipient and save a life. And you work personally with families of donors, is that right? Our organization does, and when I started out, that was my focus. I had that background as both a social worker and then a nurse, and I was actually drawn to the work because of the contact with families. 
And so that work must be very challenging. What's kept you going all these years? I've, I've thought about that often, what has kept me going. Every five years or so, I think I should quit and do something else. But I've always been struck by the generosity of donor families and donors themselves and the humility of recipients in the reception of the, the gift of a donated organ for transplant. And uh, when I think I'm going to take off and do something else, I inevitably encounter some story of family's gratitude, the healing that's come from the donation, the personal story of a, of a recipient, and how their life has changed, and it just always happens. And sometimes those stories are happening here at work, but you told me about one that you were actually on vacation. Yeah, I was uh, early on um, in the 1980s, late 1980s, I was actually living in Montana and working out of Seattle and covering Alaska. And I had gone a long stretch without a vacation, probably at least 14 or 15 months without a break. And these were in the formative years of the field. And my wife forced us all on the vacation, and we went down to the Bahamas. Our kids were young. We went to a family club med. As soon as we arrived, we noticed a woman who was our age with children our age who was miserable, complaining all the time. In fact, you went out of your way to avoid her. And about eight days in, I decided to go on a snorkeling trip. And I noticed as I signed up that she signed up. And we're on the boat. And of course, on these trips, they organize lunch. And they have everyone sit around. And there are about 15 of us. And we're from all over the world. And you had to go around and say who you were and what you did. So it got to me. And I said what I did, that I was a worked in organ donation and, and transplant. And she stood up, she was standing, sitting directly across from me in the circle, and she stood up and pointed at me. Of course, everybody knew who she was because she was always unhappy. And she said, that's my biggest regret. And I said, what's your regret? And she said, well, uh, my husband had six brothers and sisters, and he made them all sign their donor cards. And he was the head of a large company, and they had a meeting each year with thousands of employees, and he set up tables and encouraged all of his employees to be sign up be organ donors. And mind you, this is in the 80s when that didn't happen very much. And I was struck by that. I said, what's your regret then? She said, when he died, I did not honor his wish. Of course, everybody groaned and wondered why she would do that. And I gently, I hope, I think, I looked at her and said, so why? Why didn't you? And she looked at me and said, my husband was on uh, Pan Am 103, uh, Lockerbie, uh, the Lockerbie accident where the 747 was blown up by terrorists. He was on his way home from Christmas, for Christmas. And uh, so, of course, no one on that plane could be a donor. That's just physically not possible. She had a great need to be comforted. And... Uh, I looked at her, and the words that came were that her husband was the most amazing hero you could imagine. I mean, his decision to have so many people sign up and be donors, that he was motivating people to do that when people really didn't do that, inevitably hundreds of lives, in my view, were saved. And it was at that point where actually she changed my life and my perspective because I realized this business of donating and transplantation when we decide to be a donor, 
it's one of the rare instances in our lives where we stop for a moment and we look beyond ourselves. It's selfless, looking beyond yourself. That's where the rubber meets the road. That's where the gift happens. And so to me, his actions were so much greater than the possibility that he would have become just a donor himself. And she was kind of quiet, and we finished the day. And two days later, she came up and tapped my shoulder by one of the the pools, and, and she thanked me. And she said that that was the one thing she was holding on to, that she had let her husband down, that she couldn't do that. But now she realizes that it already had happened. And so I, I, it, it was, you just recommit at that point. I mean, that was sort of magic. And it made a difference in her life as well. I think it, 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 it clearly at that very moment it did. Not that I'm responsible for that. It's just that she had an avenue to realize that she didn't need to be in that much pain. Mm-hmm. She'd already been through enough. Never heard her complaining again, so that I guess that's evidence that she, you know, was moving towards some resolution of those issues. Probably took a weight off her shoulder, recognized her husband had been the hero. Right. And I'm just grateful to her, because I was at a point where I was thinking, what's with this field? I'm not sure I can stay in it. It was really a, a time of real questioning, was this going anywhere, and should I commit to it even more? And I did, and of course, two years later, I accepted a role here at OHSU, which has been absolutely wonderfully rewarding to be part of the OHSU family and have the transplant bank here doing the work that it does. Um, I I couldn't have asked for um, anything better, frankly. That's a very powerful story on the donation side. You must have spent some time with recipients and their families as well. Do you have other experiences there? There are many examples over the years of recipients who uh, write letters to their donors. And those letters are just amazing, you know, how grateful they are and how humble they are in the sense that they are grieving for that donor family too. Mm-hmm. And it's sometimes, um, it's not just organ transplantation, it's also tissue transplantation. Um, you might be aware that they're doing face transplants now. And can you describe what a face transplant really is? Well, it's an, essentially a, what they call an allograph where someone has suffered a horrible injury to uh, their face. And an organ donor, they're able to actually take the graft, the whole face, and over a very long surgical procedure, they're able to essentially transplant that face. And that restores the well-being of that individual who has been so significantly injured. And I met one of the first face transplant recipients. You did. I met her at this meeting. And it was extraordinary to to sort of see her now. And lo and behold, she plays the banjo. She plays the piano. She had never played the piano before. She got married, and she wrote a book. And I, I was so struck by that, that if I had any complaint that day, or I thought, oh, I don't think I can do this work any longer, mm-mm, it's out the window. Here's someone who's, who's fully engaged and back in the world and in life and did these amazing things in a very short period of time. Did she regain her old look? Did she get a new look? There's a new likeness, that, and, and it's so extraordinary uh, because of what it does for the individual. And of course, there are so many people in need of this. 
Um, the form of donation is very rare, so there aren't a lot of them, and it probably will be years before there are. So really, donation saves lives in several ways. Not only does it just, um, with organ donation, save a life with a heart transplant or a liver transplant, but you're saving a life and someone's well-being. Now, as I recall, it used to be a matter of signing the back of your driver's license, but how do we make sure now, how do we make sure we're organ donors? When you are at the motor vehicle office and you sign, you indicate that you are a donor, you have consented to donation. Now the whole country has a large series of registries and a national registry, individual state registries. Our state, and actually the whole Northwest, has the most robust registry in the United States. 76% of licensed drivers in the state of Oregon have consented to donation. And is there a website to go to? Donate Life Northwest is our local uh, public affiliate that um, handles the registry and manages that. So they are tied into the DMV. Now you're transitioning out from your role as executive director. What's next for the Pacific Northwest Transplant Bank? Well, I'm, I'm excited for the Transplant Bank. Um, we, we did a succession, so Craig Vanderwalker is a natural uh, for the physician, and um, we have an, a, a great team. Uh, I'm going to stick around uh, for the next couple months to assist Craig and the organization um, with transition. I'm joining my wife, who's been retired for three years. Well, thanks for being with us today, Mike. Well, it's a pleasure being here. OHSE Week is a production of Strategic Communications. This episode was produced and edited by Margaret McDonald with help from Josh Anderson. I'm Patrick Holmes. And I'm Lisa Carter. See you next week.